Hello everyone and welcome to the season 2 episode 7 of Sparkhouse a podcast where we mainly discuss space stuff but also end up rambling about a host of other topics from K-pop to NFTs this is your host Pooja aka your wandering stargazer and we have my your host Alina Joseph uh, who is a potentially spaced out space person yeah and i am rejoining after a lot of episodes so hi to everyone back alina i hope you missed me of course of course i missed you and your jokes and the vibe everything i mean <laughs> that's wow. that's what i can tell you right now but yeah i mean it was it's so nice to have you back on board puja yeah recently uh, you guys must have heard from the previous podcast and everything that you know aposa had a cosmic sandbox design thinking workshop and we were on a break after the workshop as well and using this opportunity i would like like to thank all of the supporters out there who joined our workshop and also showed support to us it was a really wonderful time for all of the aposa team and a big thank you from every for everyone from team aposa to all of you again and i'm showing two times the hearts today so <laughs> that's it <laughs> yes uh, pooja yeah I, I guess one of the other things that has really intrigued me in space news that I guess a lot of people might have heard of that Singapore had recently hit a historic milestone where they have launched two locally designed artifacts in collaboration with the Nanyang Technological Institute, which is NTU, uh, as a part of their Moon Gallery uh, on the International Space Station, and it's going to be orbiting the Earth for the next ten months. Moreover, these have been created using three D printers, which really intrigues me even. More, which is really really cool and i think our topic today is related to that alina why don't you yes. go ahead and elaborate on that yeah absolutely and just imagining about having a space art that is on the international space station and also it is 3d printed wow i mean that itself is a combination of the two best technological fields blended together in a perfect way right like wow i mean literally so much wow and space mouse is so much excited to introduce to the audience the two amazing experts that we have on this podcast today who were involved in this process uh, the first singaporean artist in space ms lakshmi mohan babu an architect from singapore and we have professor daniel new from the singapore center for 3d printing who had led the 3d printing process as well welcome both of you to this one amazing podcast Hi. Hi. Yeah. I think not just that uh, today's podcast of course is going to be amazing because we have so many questions even internally as a team but if all of you want to interact with both of these amazing artists and creators uh, please don't miss out the opportunity on Saturday which is 11 June at 5 pm IST uh, on Clubhouse we will be having a live interaction with them that's definitely not an opportunity you should miss um and i think before uh, we me and alina go on our different tangents without much ado let the smurfing begin great uh, thank you pooja for reminding all our audience about the clubhouse session and hope to see you all there and yeah i mean my very first question goes to lakshmi actually and i have a personal inclination to you as well because i admire art a lot i am like a huge fan of art and i would like to know about your journey into the art world 
like every artist journey into that is different like we all have a story and again later into the field of space like how was that transition happening and things like that yeah well actually art is something i've always done like i started drawing as a very very little child and i pretty mm-hmm. much do everything i saw so i mean i really have no clear idea of what i like more whether it's things figurative or geometric so it was just everything and it was really that inclination that led me to you know study architecture which i loved as well and then i ended up studying design as also so, so i'm a, so i'm a designer also by qualification so um and so art was just something that stayed with me all through and my background as an architect and a fashion designer has hugely influenced my art because everything that i do somehow brings some element of architecture or fashion or design in, in, into my work and when i so that is really what led me into this you know this journey you know as an as an artist and uh, because of my background i also thought that i would incorporate whatever i did I, you know, it would have some element of architecture and design. And I also wanted to create art that had a message, you know, a message mm-hmm. to people. And ideally a very simple message that would resonate with people from all walks of life, like any, anywhere. And so that was, that's always been my idea. So whatever I create, I have that, I, that, that, you know, that is mm-hmm. the basis of what I'm going to do. Yeah. And the, so when I was creating my work, especially the one that's uh, now on the International Space Station, I, I was thinking that I have to have something that has a message to all of humanity. And that is what really connected me. You know, someone who was following my art actually introduced me to the Moon Gallery. And that kind of led a series of events because a lot of the elements that were there in the artwork already had something to do with space because you're an architect mm-hmm. about spaces and the interaction of spaces and, you know, and so for me space in every way you know space in terms of interaction mm-hmm. space in terms of interaction with people so any kind of space so there already was an element of that in my work so it sort of fitted in really well with what the moon the moon gallery had in mind as well because it just you know it had a message for humanity which is really simple yeah. and then so that really was the progression for how I ended up, you know, being an artist that's, you know, who's now ventured into this arena of space. Wow. I mean, it's such an inspir- inspiring, uh, what do you call it, the pathway that you had. And I totally agree with, you know, the way the art can be, you know, if anything in any sort and like, you know, and I always have thought about this, like art, even if a four-year-old, draw something like simply like some some flower or some scenery they just draw i mean that is also a beautiful art from their perception and from those who like to see it right and it's really inspiring to hear from you how that happened and then you entered into the space sector and i would like to know more about it but yeah we'll move forward to the question for professor new actually yeah yeah Actually, uh, you know, before I move on, uh, I feel like I really relate with your story because I am from an arts background and I, uh, you know, work in the space uh, sector uh, per se. And uh, a lot of people come up to me and tell me, you oh, know, how, how is there a connection and do you have a connection? And I feel like, just like you mentioned, art is, 
so you know it's so liquid in in a way that it's it's so fluid that there is a connection you know that you can build everywhere and anywhere uh, in that and it's so relatable as well so i i find your story so so beautiful and inspiring and that actually takes me to the question for professor new uh, is i was wondering how did 3d printing get into this whole conversation of creating the art piece and was there a connecting link uh, you know prior connecting link or how did that you know come up in terms of the 3D, 3D printing and the space art. Yeah, all right. So thanks for inviting me today. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, the best thing about 3D printing is this ability to print out highly complex uh, components, which traditional manufacturing techniques such as uh, milling, uh, turning, uh, and so on and so forth, uh, you know, are unlikely to 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 fulfill its requirements. So it is uh, especially apt. Actually, for highly complex, art, you know, <laughs> uh, art actually, you know, such as those are uh, produced by Lakshmi, if you think about it, uh, which is the case right here. You know, uh, now 3D printing within the landscape of Singapore. You know, I, I'm not too sure about the other countries, but at least for within the landscape of Singapore, 3D printing uh, actually sort of like uh, you know started up uh, uh, quite a few years ago, you know, with the you know uh, with the NTU Singapore center 3d printing so what happened was that you know uh, we started you know this venture to set up this national center to address this this need actually it's not even a wish this kind of thing it's actually a need to address future manufacturing requirements if you think about it right we're talking about digital manufacturing you know moving away from low value added industries to much higher value added industries with much higher margins and so on and so forth uh, for a country like singapore uh, 3D printing is the way to go. And if you think about it, it's very, very flexible when it comes down to 3D printing. You know, uh, you can print all sorts of stuff for various industries such as defense, aerospace, biochemical industries, and, and so on and so forth. You know, I'm quite sure you guys are quite well aware of the capabilities of 3D printing. And for this particular uh, project with Lakshmi, you know, 3D printing is the best approach that we could thought of. You know, it's, 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 if, you, if you have taken a look at Lakshmi's stuff, uh, at the end of the day, you know, um, we would prefer to use 3D printing to print out something that is far more precise, all right, something that's intricate, all right, uh, than as a traditional manufacturer. Yep. I mean, I'm like so excited to hear about 3D printing itself because I've been listening about it for so long on internet. And no one exactly, I mean, I haven't seen it in real life. And to hear from an expert like Professor New, it's really interesting, right, Pooja? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And the way I think Professor New broke, you know, broke it down, it just felt like that was the natural you know, way forward. Uh, and also in terms of the applications, in terms of the clarity that it gave, I think that's that's uh, that was very helpful. And I think yeah. audiences will also find that very intriguing in terms of how that is kind of a natural way to you know go forward i do know that a lot of engineering colleges or so do try to make use of 3d printers to you know test out you know in terms of prototypes mm -hmm. but i have never thought of it to be also in use in terms of art uh, you know using it in from a, from that point of view and yeah so it, it just opened up a new perspective in my head so thank you so much for that <laughs> great so yeah, I mean, going from there and linking it to, you know, 
about my small curiosity about 3D printing and for the general audience out there. Uh, Professor New, can you uh, please explain what exactly is 3D printing in simpler terms and like and the application of 3D printing? Why 3D printing will be the global manufacturing era in the future? Like it's going to be that in the future. Why is it, why is it so special? What is so, so, so special about 3D printing? Yeah, actually, that's a very, very good question. Um, 3D printing, as the name implies, uh, essentially means that we are printing in 3D space. I'm quite sure you guys are well aware of printing on papers and so on and so forth. Essentially, that's 2D printing. You're printing on a 2D surface. So 3D printing uh, essentially uh, allows us to print uh, layers, all right? Layers upon layers, such that at the end of the day, we're going to get a 3D structure. So if you... You know, a, a good a good way to appreciate and understand 3D printing is to imagine a 3D object, right? And can you imagine, right? You just pick up this 3D object into many, many thin 2D slices. And the machine, the 3D printer, essentially prints, so as to speak, uh, each layer, all right? Uh, with each layer fusing with uh, one another to create this 3D structure. So, I mean, of course, you know, uh, uh, that's not an in-depth explanation, but I, think, I believe this will be the explanation that most people would understand. Yeah. yeah. Of course, there are many, many different approaches uh, when we talk about 3D printing, you know, and, and this are, I, I'm just giving a sort of a layman approach, you know. Anyone who is more interested, I'm sure they'll be able to find plenty of resources on YouTube or perhaps talk to us uh, during the interactive session <laughs> on the various <laughs> methods of 3D printing right? and so on and so forth. Yeah. Because uh, at the end of the day, all right, uh, whichever 3D printing approach that you choose uh, depends largely on the design of the 3D structure that I've got in mind, as well as the material that you are using. All right, you know, mm. you could be using metal printers, right, to, to print metals, yeah. okay. And perhaps, but then again, if you are trying to print polymers, you have to use something else. Yeah. Uh, I so think, yeah. yeah, I think uh, 3D printing is going to be the future way of manufacturing things. And like, I always have this question behind my back uh, when I think about 3D printing, but that I, I don't know whether it's suitable for this session, but I'm just going to pop it out just in case if anyone wants to have a food on thought, a food for thought. Uh, well, if 3D printing is made wide popular, I think that actually increases the chances of 3D printing uh, something like guns and stuff mm -hmm. like that. That's that's yeah right. You know it can it can happen and it, and that actually again makes it uh, more vulnerable. Considering the situations even now, with just we go to the store and we buy the gun, but uh, that's not the case if that's the 3D, 3D printing happening, right? Like, wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> Coming back from that tangent, uh, I think uh, uh, one of the things that I picked up from the conversation is how I think Lakshmi also believed that, you know, 3D printing was a natural course for the artwork. I was a little more curious about the artwork itself, uh, I, I, the interaction series, as we call them. Uh, I wanted to know, uh, Lakshmi, what was the thought process behind it and how did you design it and how did you, you know, choose that, you know, this would be the right fit in terms of making it materially, uh, if you could expand on that. Well, it's kind of a long story because uh, I actually started work on on this series in 1992. So that's all, that's about 30 years ago. Wow. And oh. I was, so I was a design student and it was just something that I was playing around with. And like I said, I was always looking for things that connected people from different parts of the world. And uh, 
And then I realized that there's some, and then of course it took me about, yeah, 20, 20, 25 years to go on adding layers of meaning and to really simplify the idea more than complicating it over the years, really to, to filter it down to something that was really simple that like you said, you know, even a child could understand, you know. And so I, all the concepts that are there in it are things that are absolutely basic. So like basic shapes, basic colors, numbers from say one to five, you know, I mean, that's all you need to know. And each of these concepts have, you know, have a connection. So like one could relate to a dot or two to two sides and three to Trinity, you know, or a triangle, which is a basic building block mm -hmm. or the most basic polygon. So things like that, so concepts like that. And then other ideas that connect humanity. So, I mean, all of us, are, you know, born into this world, we exist for a certain time. So existential ideas of creation and preservation, you know, existence as we know it and then dissolution where, where it ends. And then it again starts, you know, so you have this repeating life cycle. So that is called, I mean, wherever you're from, I mean, this is something that you will go through. So, and then the idea of numbers, because I, to me, I thought of numbers as people, like in a different races. And, uh, and I felt like, you know, people will ask me, like, especially when I explain the interaction series, they'll ask me like, you know, why duality and why not singularity? So I have all of that in it. So. You know, people believe in the one God, then there's someone who believes in a few, you know, so I'm like, you know, for each, there is a number, you know, so you can choose one or two or three or four, I mean, mm -hmm. on to infinity. And then the idea of infinity, that it exists in all our lives and every aspect of our life, right, even between two numbers. So, so that is how I connected it. So it's, it, it's something that I, I couldn't say that that is Asian, or that's Indian, or that's American, because it actually belongs to everyone. So it was an idea that all these all these concepts within that within the paintings they actually started off as as paintings so i created these large paintings they are about 160 centimeters by 160 centimeters so they're quite large wow. and even when i did the paintings um i actually liked the idea of 3d printing <laughs> so uh so i so i had a huge 3d printed element even in the paintings so when i created the frames the frames have got plugs that are the exact design of the painting so if it's a red painting with a certain design then it's got a red plug which is 3d printed on on the frame so i already had this very uh, i mean i i have been always fascinated with the idea of 3d printing and having said that the final designs of the interaction series i have a total of only five designs that's it but these five designs, each of them comes in three colors. So, because I really want to suggest the idea that uh, even though, though you have the same form, you change the color and you know you have a different perception of what that form is about, you know. So and that could be quite cultural. So if or it could yeah, it could be based on your race or region or whatever, uh, or your belief system. So when you see the same form in the color orange, you know, you feel like, oh, that could be Hindu, or, you know, <laughs> if you see it in another color, you think that's Buddhist, you know, another color is Islamic and so on. So I wanted to express that idea that we actually see the same form, but a change of color and our, our own, uh, you know, color, color perception is quite limited as humans. We have a very short color mm -hmm. spectrum or, or any, any spectrum, you know, audio spectrum or, you know, so so that was the idea that I wanted to highlight that we have all these differences and it's really within the dif it's in those differences that we actually have, you know, a common element. And that the fact that you have numbers one to infinity, so you really can't argue that one is better than two or three or prime numbers are better than one. <laughs> so that's, that was the idea that I wanted to convey. So for the, so that is, so these five designs have literally got the same 
concepts behind them. So uh, one was the idea that it's based on a concentric shape, that everything starts from a point, you know, literally like our, our galaxy or, this, or the universe <laughs> starts with a big bang. And ultimately it goes back to a point to nothing. You know, so it starts with nothing, you have existence and then it goes to nothing. You have this life cycle that repeats. So those are the ideas. And that is why the, the uh, cube that uh, worked with Professor New, uh, that also had, it starts with this concentric, uh, it has a concentric structure where this rotational geometry have the same elements revolving around the center. So that's uh, kind of a, a basic idea of what it's about. And the, that particular piece is based on a, on a floral form because when you think of flowers, it exists all over the world, you know, nature. And uh, it's a floral form. So it's like petals radiating out from the center but they actually arrows. And then arrows really show direction, movement, progression, movement of time, existence of sp you know, space and time. And so that, that was the idea of the whole, the, the cube that we worked on. Wow, I mean, it's it's smart. It sounds beautiful. <laughs> I know it looks beautiful, but it also sounds so beautiful uh, behind the thought. And there's so much from just this one conversation that I think there's so much to mm -hmm. And I can completely understand why it could have taken years because this is not an you know overnight thought. This is definitely you know like one of our uh, Asian curries which is like a slow cook <laughs> uh, uh, recipe Process, that yeah. Takes, yeah, that takes a lot of time to sort of blend in all the flavors. I feel like you've taken so much time and effort in terms of, you know, blending in so many different elements. And yeah, it, you're so correct in terms of, you know, how it is relatable with, you know, humanity, uh, because we are complex uh, human beings in, in, in that sense. And you try to bring in each, uh, you know, color and flavor in, in that sense, which is just so beautiful. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, and I think the rest of the podcast could go on just appreciating that. But exactly. <laughs> I mean, I totally, totally resonate with what, what Pooja just mentioned that, you know, I'm sure it's very, it might have been very beautiful in real, but just listening to it, I was just, wow, like arrows shooting out from the flower petals, like that itself, it's like, I, I'm like, I, I don't have much words to explain like what I feel towards it. And again, like, again, going back with what Pooja mentioned, the inclusivity that you have done regarding to the numbers or the races or the different religions that is there, bringing all the humanity together and also the different ideas. Like, wow, I'm just so excited to see. I mean, is there any way that we can actually view this particular piece so far, like any website or link? I have the piece. I have a... A larger version of the the final product that's behind oh. and then i have a oh. whole i was I just wondering i was going to ask that because i saw even the white cubes which was oh, so really the white cubes yeah. are all produced at uh, at ntu so oh. they so they are variations of you know of the all the iterations that they did uh, and they also produce the same size in in inconel so that's the actual piece you know oh, wow. um, you can see there are 12 arrows that are radiating outwards so the, those yeah. 12 arrows are like petals, you know, so, they, so they're from the positive space and they radiate outward. And then you have 12 arrows that, we, that actually converge to, to the center, yeah. which are negative, wow. the negative space. So it's an interaction, the negative and the positive okay. space. Yeah. The up close, up close uh, image of the smaller piece was so beautiful. And those who are listening on Spotify and Google Podcasts, please come back to YouTube and watch it you shouldn't miss this opportunity <laughs> yeah absolutely in fact i was 
I am going to, I think, think about a lot of the things we just mentioned. But you know, one of the things that you just started off with being how it's you know taken you years to develop that concept, also because it's so complex in terms of its meaning, but it's so simple in its output and. uh even for uh, to have a design something which is so simple and uh, which can convey so much of the meaning that you want to is a really tough task because even when you have to like just communicate uh, i mean we are in science communication in a space and even communicating uh, you know difficult concepts sometimes in simpler forms is challenging uh, you know let alone design it and you know put it in in some sort of a, I, i feel like design is in some ways universal languages right uh which is yeah. showcasing and connecting everyone so designing something like that i i can only imagine how challenging it could have been but also rewarding i think in some ways yeah uh yeah i i it just got me so excited but uh you know i am going to move on and ask you one more question which popped in my head while we were discussing uh is can you tell us a little more about the moon gallery foundation and you know what are they trying to do uh, especially with the kind of uh, you know artwork that we put to display and so on and so forth well the moon gallery foundation is based in the netherlands and their idea really was to create because to send artworks to the moon is not easy you know and uh, it costs money you know and you can't have huge artworks so the idea was to have really tiny artworks from all all over the world so small artworks with big ideas so that is really like their idea you know small artworks which had a big idea for for humanity and worthwhile that worthwhile enough to be sent to the moon so that was the basic gist of what what they had in mind so within the format of a of a tiny gallery that can hold in your hand literally hold in your hand you have you know 100 artworks from all all across the globe that have a message for humanity that's a brilliant concept i i feel like that's a worthy tagline that we should probably have on <laughs> exactly small artwork big ideas uh, yes, that, that's exactly. amazing <laughs> it's like the butterfly effect like you know the little butterfly flaps and it turn it can turn into a tornado but yeah absolutely I feel like I I want to congratulate uh, both of you again uh, because I I think you just initiated something which is so beautiful again in terms of uh, um connecting uh, art as well as like the humanity angle or humanities in that sense with uh, in a space I think getting all the three together in form of like something as physical and something as simple as that in form of an idea uh is just so beautiful and i think we need more such initiatives as well uh and more people like you <laughs> exactly yeah and uh, my next question uh, is on like i think both of you can professor new and lakshmi can also answer that like uh like how is an art displayed in the space environment different from that is on earth like what are the things to be considered like from an artist perspective and also you know from the technological perspective that has been used here in that case we are using 3d printing like what are the things to consider and you know what are the difficulties or challenges that you might have faced in this whole journey and is it which is good like having the art displayed on earth or having the art displayed on space <laughs> okay maybe maybe i can address this first i mean from the engineering perspective from the scientific perspective i would say that you know uh, one big consideration is the is the density of the material or the mesh uh, 
uh, of the bank, you know, or whatever of the to set up, right? So because at the end of the day, you have to put all these structures, all these objects into a, a, a rocket, or basically, you know, or the spaceship mm -hmm. right? that that's going to be like, you know, you know, it has to escape the Earth, uh, Earth's gravity and things like that. So you have to make it strong, but yet light. At the end of the day, the strength to weight ratio has got to be high. Uh, so this is something that uh, you know we have got to be mindful of. You know, surely, right? Uh, Lakshmi <clears throat> would be quite it would be quite difficult for Lakshmi to send that orange cube, the big one behind her, up there. <laughs> it's got to be the tiny one. Yeah, of course, surely, you know. <laughs> The gallery will not be too happy if they choose this big block, right? So yeah, so so that's one of the concerns. Another concern is, I, I suppose it's a happier one uh, because uh, that's well, not much oxygen out there, you know. Right? Mm. <laughs> the last time I checked, so so oxidization is not a problem, as you can mm. imagine. Yeah, unlike Earth, right? We have oxidization. We have a like depending on what yeah. kind of material you use. And also, have. people who throw cake on paintings. No. Have you, uh, I mean, I was like so pissed off. I just saw that news. I was like, why? And the reason was they had to save Earth. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. one thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's hardly anyone up there, isn't it? If you think about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. uh, yeah, yeah. So it's quite a few considerations. But uh, yeah, I'll hand over to Lakshmi. You know, maybe Lakshmi would like to share with us in about some the. Who knows how 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 like sending this stuff to the moon actually affect your artistic interpretation and things like that? Yeah, I'll, I'll let the artist address that question. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like you said, there's no vandalism up there on on the moon, so <laughs> so that's a plus, you know. So uh, yes, yeah, so that is definitely a plus point. You know, <laughs> you know that once it's there, it's there, yeah. and, uh, and of course. We, we actually create a number of prototypes, you know, because we, and of course, Professor New said that you could use pretty much any kind of metal. And of course, they suggested in Cornell, we, but we ended up with aluminium because it was really, it was really the lightest material. And uh, I also got the color I wanted, which is orange. And uh, so your other question was... Uh, like, uh, like the challenges that you have faced uh, when it came to, you know, being from the artistic perspective on creating this artwork. Well, I, I thought it was it was a great opportunity to to get this technology element or have people who really knew what they you know what they do and to blend art and technology. I, I actually I found it extremely fascinating and it's something that I am looking to continue working with Professor New in the future. So uh, yeah, because it's uh, it just got me uh, really fascinated. So in fact, uh, one of the things I'm doing is that like I said, we have. Uh, five I have only five designs mm. and each of these five designs have got again very basic simple ideas in them it's one is about energy one is one is mm. based on spirals so it's really about our DNA and, and you know our galaxy which is also a spiral shape so you know so so each one has got a very simple idea in it and because it connects people from all over the world I actually want to have I I had this in mind that it should be in all parts of the world in every every city so you know it gets it gets conversations it gets people to start talking about it and i also wanted to have something connected with technology you know or, you know yeah. a technology element in it so i am hope so we're starting with singapore as a phase one you know we start with these huge mega cubes in different parts of singapore and ultimately in different different cities in different parts of the world 
So what happens is that you have this connection where these cubes connect humanity literally and physically to all parts of the world, you know, and then ultimately to space as well, because on the International Space Station, what is interesting about the International Space Station is that it orbits uh, 15 and a half times a day. Yeah. It travels at this crazy speed of almost 22 times the speed of, of uh, sound. So it covers all of habitable Earth. So it literally flies over every city. And so my idea was that you have this connection where the, these five artworks have actually, these five designs have literally flown over every city. And they will yeah. also have a real physical presence in every city. So presently, because it's on the International Space Station, like sitting here in Singapore, I can actually track it on a website, on a NASA website. And it'll tell me that, you know, between 7 and 7.10 p.m., it's going to be flying over Singapore. And I can look, at, look up at the sky and see it because it is the third brightest object in the sky. You have the sun, you have the moon, and then yeah. the third brightest is the International Space Station. Station. So you literally know that your artwork is flying over your city, you know, overhead. So this is pretty much a, a rather unusual situation because, and, and at the end of the day, it's also going to be connected to our only natural satellites. So that was the idea. Mm -hmm. And we are right now looking at doing the very first thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, our Pooja here, the co-host, my co-host, uh, she is also uh, a stargazer, actually. And every, next time when you see the ISS, you will be like, oh, Lakshmi's artwork is there. Hi. <laughs> you can, I mean, I, even, I do, I mean, we can even see it through naked eye, right? Like, we don't need a telescope itself to see it, like, because it's the brightest thing. And even if I see it from here, I'll be like, oh, I know the person who created the art that is there in ISS. I know her. So, yeah, it's really good. Right? I am planning to photograph uh, uh, a transit of uh, the International Space Station over the moon or the sun pretty soon, uh, which is going to be occurring over Mumbai. Um, but yeah, now that I will, you know, if I do manage to capture it, I am going to remember the <laughs> exhibit and uh, yeah. uh, mention that in my post, definitely. Uh, in fact, I think uh, the conversation made me also, you know, realize, of course, how vandalism has made uh, space a better art gallery than Earth nowadays. Uh, uh, taking that concept further, I think we should have more artists. And like Lashmi said, we will perhaps have more artwork up in space. Uh, this question is for you, Professor New. From an engineering standpoint, how do we create uh, spaces or like uh, how do we create exhibits that would be able to, uh, you know, manage or bear the wear and tear in terms of space? What would be the material implications on the particular exhibits? Uh, because space station is, of course, one angle of it. But in the future, if we want to have an exhibition, say, on top of the moon or take it as a travel to Mars, uh, what do you think would be the uh, limitations or repercussions or, you know, how would we, what do we need to keep in mind uh, when designing that? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a very, very interesting question. Uh, and I suppose we need to peer into the crystal ball, right? Uh, and, and look really fine in the future. Of course, in an, in, in an immediate future, surely we have got the technology to pin uh, complex 3D art pieces using current technology and things like that. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier on, at the end of the day, uh, the limitation, much of the limitations, uh, actually lies in just how much mass we are able to lift up from Earth uh, and towards the moon, or who knows, right? Mars, for all we know. So I'm, I'm just speculating up there. All right, so maybe let me just zone up for a while, you know. But perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. 
instead of pre-3D print, these materials, these are pieces, you know, and therefore, uh, and it's before launch on Earth, and therefore limiting their size and mass. I'm just wondering out loud here, how about we actually have a 3D printer on the moon and using the moon dust as the basic building material? If you think about it, you know, I'm quite patient when I see this, I'm just a bit of course. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say, if you were to think big, you know, can you imagine, let's say we have a dedicated 3D printer that's, that's launched all the way from, from Earth to moon, let's say, and then we have astronauts assembling it, getting it to work. And can you imagine, we just take a scoop and scoop the moon dust, right, into the material bin and let the machine, you know, uh, does its thing, you know, you know, Lakshmi could have provided us with the next generation art pieces. And the machine just automates the fabrication. And you know what I'm trying to say? Of course, I'm not saying that it's easy. Mm. Uh, uh, but perhaps that's, that's sort of like a, a grand challenge if you know, that, that, that uh, sort of like I'm putting out there, right? you know? Yeah, so I, I would say that, you know, uh, that, that to me is, the, is, is one of the engineering challenges, you know, and we can easily extend this, you know, uh, beyond 3D, 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 3D printed art pieces, if you think about it, you know. Uh, let's talk about, you know, concrete printing, if you think about it, you know, to build basic structures. Okay. Uh, imagine building the moon, uh, building houses on the moon, just by using the, the moon dust. And, and, and that's it. We have got whatever material that we have got done. Uh, and, and we're not going to waste fuel, you know, carrying all this stuff up there, you know, be it to the moon or ISS or Mars, things like that. Uh, yeah, using the materials that we have got there, yeah, and be really organic with the with with the place, isn't it? That that we're that we're at, yeah. So that's 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 how I look at it. Yeah. That's I think really, really mind blowing. I would say thank you for making us wear our thinking hat uh, for a bit because I would never have. Uh, thought about uh, using you know moon and like moon dust to create artwork but that that does make sense you know when you the way you've explained it and uh, yeah I don't know about um, in other places but if we do manage something like that I think Professor New all those artifacts would be selling at the price of gold on earth that is for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah I mean before that we will have to spend a lot of money on uh, the 3d printing like sending it to there itself like because I, I, I almost all this podcast, those the, where we have talked about technology, I always mention it is a given that space-based technologies are way too expensive. It is a given. <laughs> it is, a, I mean, it is worth what we get from the, I mean, the services that we get from them, but uh, to start it, it's very expensive. And to, I mean, if it happens, it will be really, really amazing. Like uh, Pooja mentioned right now, it's going to be great. And it's going, I mean, the products, will be sold in, I mean, will be sold out here. I think it's going to the bigger people, the big elephants in the room, but yeah, <laughs> it will be very, uh, I think, wow. Okay, I'm, I'm imagining things for Space Mouse already. Okay. <laughs> going in our Space Mouse wish list, I think. Uh, I think every time we have, uh, we uh, talk about something so new and interesting, uh, it, it just, kind of blows our mind in a certain way that we start jumping and going over tangents. Um, I'm making sure Alina, I'm making sure Alina does it in a crazy way. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And uh, going to the next question uh, for Professor New again, like how is 3D printing an artwork 
different from the mechanical components or the structures that are usually made like uh, Pooja earlier mentioned that 3D printing was commonly used for making prototypes when it comes to the engineering field. No, uh, So here we are using 3D printing for an artwork. It is going to have a lot of minute details itself. So uh, what was the difference in it and how was that journey in creating an artwork through 3D printing? Mm -hmm. Uh, again, a very excellent question, I'd say, uh, because, you know, uh, there are people who say that, look, you're just printing an art piece or you're just printing an engineering prototype, you know, just how difficult it is, you know, 3D printing, uh, 3D printers are doing just the work all for you. But I beg to differ, because at the end of the day, we have to ensure that the designs are adequate, the designs are able to withstand the, the, the stresses of its intended purpose or, or applications. Or else there's no point in printing them out for, for usage anyway. So uh, typically speaking, all right, uh, all 3D printer parts will have to come from, they all have to start from a 3D, uh, 3D drawing or 3D CAD drawing. So, you know, uh, whoever is trying to print something for be it for art or for uh, engineering prototyping, uh, he or she will have to come up with the designs first. And, you know, chances are, Right. we will have to do uh, what we call final element analysis. So basically, you know, we, we basically, you know, uh, sort of like input the, the stresses that we expected to be exerted upon the prototype, or we, you know, we like it, the, the, the stresses, the strain, the forces, and, and whatsoever, you know, anything that affects the, the, the structural integrity of the object that we wanted to print on. And, you know, after the FEA process has been done, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, we have to make sure that there are no so-called obvious weak points that we can we can that, that, that we can see. If there are obvious weak points, if there are areas of improvements, clearly we have to change the design again. And then we run the FEA analysis and so on so forth until we're happy with the design uh, before we get stuff printed on. So uh, I propose for art pieces, we do have uh, an easier time because we're assuming that no one throws cake at our art pieces. <laughs> okay, so it's going to be static then. All right, no yeah. one's supposed to really touch it and things like that, you know. Yeah. And uh, typically, uh, FEA analysis will probably not be necessary for small little art pieces. But for giant art pieces or, or large scale ones, mm. right, probably we still have to do it. But of course, you know, you have to talk about moon, let's say, whereby the gravity is actually one-sixth that of uh, Earth, thereabouts. Mm. So, you know, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Gravity is not a serious concern. You'll probably have time to, to catch the falling object, actually. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will be like in slow motion. Like it, uh, it starts to fall. I mean, if it falls down, you'll be like slow motion. You'll try to catch it and then you'll catch it. Wow. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bit like, like, like all those uh, slow motion uh, kung fu movies, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, thinking so, of Bond movies, actually, like, you know, where the slow motion scene happens, he just slides in and, you know, get the thing before it falls down. Like. Yeah, yeah. So, so depending on the exact usages, uh, uh, you know, uh, different considerations will have to be, will have to, you know, thoughtful. Uh, before we say that, look, we have to analyze uh, for this particular type of stresses or this particular type of vector or, and, and this and that. And also for engineering prototypes, uh, depends. Uh, it really depends on the nature and the intended purposes because sometimes there's no need to achieve a very smooth surface, let's say. Uh, Unlike Lakshmi's uh, artwork, you know, which demands like you know nice gleaming surfaces because mm. it needs to have an aesthetic appeal. 
Whereas for engineering prototyping, uh, much of the time, I would say that surface finishing is something that, that if it's good enough, it's good enough. We can always do some post-processing, all right? So which places less demand at, uh, during the printing stage, you know, uh, sometimes. So, you know, uh, yeah, you know, whereas for art is totally different. You know, it has to impress people. It has to give people this, this wow factor. So surface finishing has got to be top-notch wherever possible. Engineering prototypes, you know, it's the stress, uh, the ability of the component to handle the stresses, the forces, that is of uh, utmost important rather than surface finishing, most of them. Yeah, that was uh, that was a really insightful answer of like how 3D printing is different from having it from the technological uh, perspectives like engineering and things. And when it comes to like uh, uh, 3D printing for an artwork, that was really interesting to hear. Right, Pooja? Absolutely. In fact, uh, I think every time I'm, I'm hearing them say something, it's giving me more food for thought. Like silent notes, are, <laughs> mental notes are happening. Oh, need to think this more, need to read more on this. Uh, yeah. In exactly. fact, uh, my next question, which I have for Lakshmi, is somewhere on the lines of, you know, thinking loud. Uh, you know, as an architect, uh, you know, if you were given the opportunity to design uh, something on the moon, for example, in terms of a structure. And I, I don't see that, you know, that's not possible. Maybe not immediately, but definitely sometime in the future. Elon Musk is there. I mean, Elon Musk is there. He will definitely bring structures, living structures. <laughs> For sure, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, if you had to build something, uh, you know, from an architect point of view, uh, in an environment which is very different from the one that we are used to building in. What do you think uh, would be your main pointers or what do you think would be important to sort of consider while designing something in terms of structures when it comes to some places like the moon or Mars um, in terms of living spaces? Yeah, that is something I just wanted to ask. Yeah, I feel like living at the end of the day, it's really like, you know, when you're designing something, whether it's a building or it's a product, it's really like the customer needs and uh, then you, know, you have a whole lot of challenges. So even on Earth, you'll have a whole lot of challenges, which would be this, you know, the shape and size of your plot, uh, weather elements, uh, wind, sunlight, you know, all, in all of those considerations. And it's not going to be, I mean, you'll have a different set of challenges when you're building something on the moon or on, on, on Mars, for instance, much lower gravity, uh, not much atmosphere. So of course you would have to have a space that is completely sealed off. And you would also have to have, like when you enter that space, which is like whether you're entering a spacecraft or you're entering the ISS, you'll have to have a section which is sealed off. So you enter that space and then that gets pressurized and you know you have enough oxygen and then you enter. And so you, you'll always have to have that where you, in a way you, you really cannot have a life outside of that built environment. So you would have to have a concealed space which completely blocks off your environment, which is not the case with, on, on Earth. And of course, then you have other considerations like the like on, on the moon, you're talking about uh, the regolith on the moon, which could be very abrasive. Yeah. So of course, the best use, like Professor New said, would be to use it as a building material. But you, you cannot actually go out, like even astronauts who walk on the moon, they're faced with this uh, the reality of their space suits literally getting torn off by the regolith because it's it's that abrasive. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, it I think it would be very challenging and very interesting to build something there because you'll have to completely rethink the way you would think of building on Earth, you know, because you know that you have a sealed environment which cannot be open to the elements. 
And a challenge is always a challenge. Uh, so I, yeah, that is how I, in fact, even when I was working with, uh, you know, on this, uh, like Professor New was saying that uh, to create an artwork is different. I actually had to, from my part, like I knew that they were going to do a great job. And, uh, <laughs> but from my side, I knew that I had to completely change the, the shape and the dimensions of my, my painting. Because when mm -hmm. I did the painting, I did not really think that I was going to create an artwork that's going to be sent to the moon. So I didn't, so the challenge was that the proportions were not amenable for, you know, reducing it in scale. So when I reduced yeah. it to something that was only a centimeter cube, you know, a lot of elements would have just broken off, you know, you, I couldn't have 3D printed it. So I had to yeah. completely rework the, the, the proportions of the piece so that I knew that it could be 3D printed where I didn't have extremely thin elements, which I would have had if I had followed mm -hmm. the exact shape of my painting. So I, for me, a challenge is always a challenge. And... <laughs> Yeah, I would absolutely love to do something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you're smiling. I think you're one of the uh, one of the kind of people who would you know jump on to new challenges. Uh, <laughs> and I, I guess both of you seem the kind of people who are excited by challenges, and I think that's uh, that's so infectious as well. Um, I'm completely fascinated by you know everything that y'all have said. Uh, Arina, do you want to yeah. have something else that? Yeah. You I was I was thinking like I totally resonate with what uh, Lakshmi was saying about you know when it comes to the structures that will be developed in Moon and Mars there might be a lot of things that needs to be considered along with the challenges that might come in like because that's not something that we are used to do right and then I was thinking like how I'm a person how of a uh, what kind of a person I am when it comes to challenges and I feel like I think lot. <laughs> before taking up a challenge. I think I waste a lot of time on that. And then um, I don't know, I might do it or not do it, but yeah, that's the thing. And we'll move on to the last part of this uh, podcast where there is a last question, which is a little technical for me actually, and it's to Professor New. Uh, so uh, Professor, can you describe the prototyping process and what are, the, some of, what are some of the resulting different prototypes when it comes to 3D printing? Okay, so during the process of working with uh, Lakshmi, you know, it will be printing uh, the, the various prototypes for, 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 the, for the final part, right? But we basically try all sorts of uh, 3D printing approaches as well as materials. So we basically, uh, we essentially, we start off with uh, ink canal and stainless steel. Okay, so basically we're talking about uh, metal printing. And metal printing has got tremendous challenges because metal printing, if you think about it, well, essentially sort of like fusing metal powder using high power lasers, you know, according to the, to, the, to, the, to the design, isn't it? So depending on the material, the surface finishing can be good or not so good. If it's not so good, then we have to make use of various post-processing uh, to make to make sure that we're gonna get nice and shiny surfaces, you know, or <laughs> a pretty pretty shiny thing, right? And so is the speak. Yeah. So other than using metal printing, uh, which actually we learn a lot because of if you take a closer look at Lakshmi's uh, interaction uh, design, you realize that uh, the grooves are actually very very tiny. And if you mm -hmm. if, uh, if you think if you think if you about, if you think about it, you know, during three printing, we are fusing metallic powder. Okay, and there's always a, you know, of course, there are, there are, there are 3D printed under very, very tightly controlled conditions, but at the end of the day, since we are using very advanced techniques, there's always a little bit of printing uncertainty if you get, if you catch my dream. 
And sometimes these groups, you know, they, they may not be, they may not not that well. So that took us quite a while to optimize it and so on and so forth. And, but then again, right, we actually went, uh, during the project, we actually went beyond just replicating the stuff that we did. Uh, because during this, this, this 3D printing process, you know, I think we tried out uh, other materials such as nylon, right, which is fairly common. And yeah. if you think about it, you know, other than 3D printing the actual parts that uh, Lakshmi wanted at the end of the day, if you think about it, this is actually a good opportunity to educate people. So additional cubes, right, printed using nylon, using other material, aluminum, and, and, and things like that. So basically all this, I think we all try all sorts of these kinds, so on so forth. So, I think uh, we actually learn a lot, okay? Because if you think about it, engineering prototyping using 3D printing is very different from coming up with an artistic piece, mm. uh, which has got designs which actually don't follow engineering acumen, if, if you think about it, right? You know, you know uh, engineers are, are more used to like small features, you know, like predefined mm. rocks and things like that, you know? Yeah. We, we just don't have the artistic streak in us, you know, pardon me for saying that, uh, at least for me, at least for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 you know, it, it was quite interesting, you know, so mm. uh, I think we, 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 at least for me, I, I've learned a lot. The engineers involved, I have to thank them because they are the ones who actually, you know, uh, you know, program the three D printers and, and come up with stuff and, and and you know, if not for them, to be honest, you know, uh, things wouldn't be as uh, successful as as they tend to be. Yeah, I mean, we also learned a lot today with this podcast about like space art and three D printing and how three D printing is going to be the next big thing in the manufacturing uh, domain and you know how space art is going to boom in and also like you know how it's been done in the current situation and uh, you know that art will not be destroyed in space and we should always promote space artists there will be no one throwing cakes on art in space <laughs> definitely so a lot of things i think uh, both of us learned and also i believe the audience and uh, uh, viewers might have learned a lot of things today right puja Absolutely. In fact, to sum it up, I feel like it has been interactive, just like uh, Lakshmi's series. And uh, <laughs> it has been intellectual. It has been yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, and there has been so much uh, new that I think we've absorbed and learned today. Uh, and there will be a lot, I think, over the uh, period of time while we continue our interaction, especially in the next week when we have the live interaction. I think there'll be a lot more Absolutely. that we will benefit as well which I'm sure a lot of other people will join us for. Yeah, absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, uh, feel free to join the interactive session happening on June 11th uh, on Clubhouse. And uh, you can ask your doubts and your questions, all your thoughts on space art using 3D printing uh, to both Lakshmi and Professor New. They both will be there. Join us for the interactive session. And till then, be safe. Uh, keep smoking. This is your host, uh, Alina. And this is your host, Pooja, signing off. Signing out. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much.